1: Pastor Dominic here with Street Talk Theology. I want to say hello to all our street talkers this morning. Hoping you are taking your sound theology and bringing it to the streets. Uh, Give me a shout out anytime, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. It'll be my honor to interact with you concerning any theological issue or current event happening in our world today. In fact, you know who I got here this morning, Dr. Ken Ross from Lagos Christian Academy. And we're just going to be here to talk theology, some current events, and the shape of today's society. Um, we also want to see how Lagos is doing. New semesters should be starting soon. Um, as we know, the, the current semester is still happening now, but new ones should be starting soon. Um, Dr. Ross, welcome to, again to Street Talk Theology.
2: It's great to be here. Thank you, Pastor.
1: Dr. Ross, first question. How is Lagos doing as you're wrapping up the school year? Are you excited for the upcoming school year? And are children still able to apply in the school?
2: Uh-huh. Well, we've had a great year. Uh, it's been really a banner year. Uh- uh, so we're uh, we're wrapping up well. Uh, it's probably one of the it's been one of the best years I think we've had in quite a long time.
1: How many students now, Doctor Ross?
2: We're right around close to ninety. Oh, thinking. praise the Lord! So praise the Lord. We're doing really well. Uh, just being able to be on campus and uh, you know in class, you know, setting has been wonderful. Uh, it's been it's been a great year. We've got about two weeks left of the year. Uh we're taking registrations now for the coming school year. And um, so you can still apply, still bring your children in. It'd be great.
1: Dr. What what would be the capacity in this? What's your capacity in, in Lagos? Do you have a capacity or
2: uh, yeah, we we would probably hit capacity around 130. Okay. This probably would. So we've got plenty of space so we got points. some room, huh? We keep our classes at 15. And, uh, and so that's why our capacity is a little lower than most schools. We just feel like the student to teacher ratio should be appropriate. We think that is. So, so that would, uh, 120, 130 would really fill us up pretty decent.
1: So kind of learn better in a smaller group. right? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Better for the student, better for the teacher.
1: So, you know, I got Dr. Ross here, so I'm not going to just let him get off the hook and talking about Lagos. I'm going to pick his brain a little bit, but, but, and, and so, let me, let me get right to the brass tacks. You know what, me and Dr. Ross, 25 minutes go pretty fast. Um, so there's a cultural paradigm shift that is happening in society, and it's being infiltrated today in academics, namely critical race theory, intersectionality, cancel culture and social justice. Now, we before we we had a little lunch together and stuff. How were the sausage? The sausage was good.
2: Sausage was great.
1: <laughs> right. So good Italian sausage. Yes. Yeah, so we discussed <laughs> uh, we just dis- we had discussed a little bit about CRT or critical race theory. Um, and that's a framework that kind of breaks people into their ethnic tribal groups and then assigns certain me- certain meanings to that group. Can you elaborate on that? Dr. Ross, I mean that sounds loaded, but I think I think you you'll be able to help us get a handle on that.
2: Yeah, it's it's actually uh, probably the most present or contemporary uh, philosophy, if you want to call it. That, yeah, sure. That has uh, in, come into academics over the last. Well, it's actually been around for about forty years, but it's really taken root over the last four or five years, and now we're beginning to see even this this uh, f- uh, critical race theory even starting to infiltrate. Uh, Christian schools as well, or at least yeah. attempting to do that. Um, I, I'm actually facing something with an organization that we're attached to that has considered that as well. And so it's brought it to the forefront. And you have to take a stand on that. Yeah, it's, it's forced me to take a really close look at it, uh, look at it not only in the context of what it all means, critical race theory, social justice, uh, wokeism, all of those things, uh, but also what is the biblical, you know, perspective on it. How is it different or same as as Christian a Christian perspective or ideology?
1: Yeah. So how so how should the church be distinct to this ideology? How should the church be different? I mean, so uh, and and obviously. Or even the school. I mean, really, because I mean they're trying to infiltrate that there. But yeah. but how how can the church be different? I mean, how does it be distinct to this ideology?
2: Well, I think in its purest form, it is incredibly distinct. I mean, just by its very nature, by how Jesus has shaped and formed the church and and the. The philosophy of what church truly is is extremely distinct, and we really shouldn't be shocked by that because the church needs to be distinct of the world. Right, exactly. And so, our approach to the issues that the social justice of uh, the critical race theory brings up, and social justice justice movement brings up, uh, our take to it be very different than the world's take, and uh, and so it, it it is very very distinct. Uh, I can articulate some of the differences if you want
1: me yeah, to. Yeah, please, 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 okay. yes.
2: So the critical race theory would place a focus on, as as Pastor Grimaldi has said already, the breaking up of the culture of the society into specific racial tribes, and then identifying whatever may be social injustice problems within each one of those races. Uh, the bible doesn't see in terms of race uh, you know the, the bible's goal is is that that every race every tribe every amen amen you know, will become a part of the kingdom of god and so it doesn't see race as the issue in fact what it does see as the issue is sin and actually, and to some degree, the social justice movement would probably agree with that, that sin is at the base of this. And so. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. So the goal for social justice is to right the wrong, to fix the sin. The Bible would identify that the sin issue is really a, a nature or a personal issue. And as a result of that, it does manifest. Sin as always does.
1: And it has nothing to do with race or yeah, color or it,
2: creed you know, or anything like that. It manifests itself through all races. Exactly, right. exactly. So, uh, on the other side, uh, they the social justice would say that actual social justice, you know, is the goal. In other words, doing the right thing in a socially mm-hmm. wrong situation. And, and so, you know, justice in this world... For for this particular government would be a primal goal for the for the Bible for the scriptures for Christianity justice before God is the goal. Amen. Amen. And so we're not really that it's not really that interested in whatever might be going on in the culture as much as what's ever going on in the human soul. If we're just and right before God, then how we treat other individuals is, is going to be manifested through that. Right. And so that's the primal goal, which is why He sent His Son. Okay. This one is. Uh, CRT is uh, is a this world oriented and, uh, you know, uh, Christianity is the kingdom of God oriented. Uh, uh, so yeah, know, those are some of the, the distinctions. Um, this one, it, CRT would be human based and uh, Christianity is divine based. Uh, they, uh, the CRT would see that the right laws, the proper rules, regulations, ordinances will bring about, you know, justice. The Bible simply identifies two commandments. That's the only law that that's really identified in regards to this issue, at least the greatest laws, which is the love, the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And the love your neighbor as yourself. That ultimately is the resolution. And the Bible's really clear on identifying who that neighbor is. For the Jew, it's the Samaritan. Exactly. Even though there's two different races there. It's the same to the Apostle Paul. It's not only just the Jews, but it's also the Gentiles in Greece and Italy. He was clear on that. He was yeah. very clear on that. So race doesn't really become the, the primal issue. It is bringing an individual and in their soul to a right place before God so that they can love God with all their heart. Amen. And then love their neighbor as they ought to love them. That's the solution biblically.
1: So wait, I got a question. Uh, you know me, I got a question. I'm not going to, I can't let Dr. Dr. Ross go on a roll because I got a question from. So, and this is, so this is an interesting question. So uh, I, I think anyway, did the apostles originally have a desire for social justice by ridding itself from Rome? And what was Jesus's response to that? If that's the case?
2: Well, I think it was. I think that was the the posture actually of Israel. I think they were looking for a Messiah that would come and uh, deliver them from Rome's dominion and and bring justice, bring the justice that they were due as a Jewish people. Um, and and there were times, in fact, if you recall, uh, Pastor, that that <clears throat> people tried to get Jesus and put him. Into a kind of, yeah, exactly, position, yeah, exactly. And he avoided it, yeah, he did, walked away from it. And
1: they wanted uh, to make him a king on earth, he was a king, but not yeah.
2: <laughs> no, right, exactly. And although I, I don't know that we have any biblical evidence to really validate what I'm about to say, but I think to some degree, that was probably part uh, of, of even Judas's you know, betrayal. Yes, that, yes, I, I think Jesus you're right. Jesus simply didn't meet up to his expectation of an individual that would come and dethrone Caesar and take the throne and allow justice to happen in a, in a physical, you know, in that particular political situation. Even at his ascension, the uh, disciples were asking him, well, is this the time now yeah. when Israel's going to come into its kingdom? You know, is Rome going to finally be thrown over? And Jesus's response is, it's not, you're missing it. You're missing. Yeah. This is not about the kingdom of Israel. This is about the kingdom of God and that kingdom ruling and reigning within your heart. When that is ruling and reigning in your heart, then then justice will flow.
1: Yeah. And I think I think that, uh, you know, we think about. And, and, but so here's the deal. So we can turn around and, and we understand this. And I agree with you a thousand percent, but we're living in this world and this stuff is happening. And I'm not saying, you know, uh, to be zealots or things like that, but this, this is going to infiltrate, if I can use that word, Mm -hmm. in a lot of areas in this, in this world.
2: Yeah, it's definitely doing that. It is the it is the thing right now that yeah. people are looking at embracing.
1: So let me ask you a question: um, Do you see it? Um, and again, this is um, just. My own question to you, because I I, I I I trust your answer. Do you see this as something that's going to escalate, or something that maybe will just die down, like some ideologies have? Now that I, obviously you can't give a, a thousand percent, yeah. but that's a fair question, though, right? I mean, you, will it die out, or will it get worse?
2: Well, I I think it has a bit of fuel uh, because. Uh, once you divide a nation that was once unified, oh. uh, that was once a melting pot, and you utilize social injustice as a way of, diverse, of dividing it, because that's really what this does. It takes and divides these people into racial groups. And, uh, and then once you do that, then each racial group, and I'm not talking just about you know some, but all of them, including my own race can sit back and start a list of injustices, start a list of things that have been done to us or, you know, and, and have a cause. So it's going to have fuel for that reason. But what it's going to do ultimately is just continue to divide us as a nation.
1: And, you yeah. know, something I'm thinking about as I'm looking at some of our notes and you're talking about division. And then if you look at intersectionality, that makes even more divisions. I mean, it cuts yeah. things into, you know, you get, you, you got a pie and you're starting to cut things into more. It's just another, uh, huge divisive,
2: yes. uh, yeah. If you don't know what intersectionality is, but it is the, it isn't just division by race, but it's division by gender or transgender yeah, exactly. or sexuality or a lot of other areas. And so you have certain individuals that have been divided into racial groups, but then also affiliate with others. And so now you have injustices that have to do with race, that have to do with gender, that have to do with sexuality. And it just gets to be... A mess. It gets you end to up with a nation that is just victims. Basically. Yes.
1: Um, so I was, uh, we were discussing this. I, I think we discussed it on the phone. I want to look at and this is kind of my my thing but I still I, w- I want you to give a biblical response to this. So there's something between and I got this from uh man's ultimate challenge.org I want to give and I really uh, like the way they broke this down but s- something I was thinking about was that in this world today uh, biblical justice gives people equal opportunity. Social justice wants equal results. So let me use. So let me use just a biblical uh, a mandate, maybe in the Book of Ruth, if I may. Um, Boaz uh, obviously owned that farm, right? And he had put, I mean, in, in those, in the, in that culture, they would put the, for the poor people, they would put the crops on the outside, outskirts of the farm. And, you know, they would be able to come and get food. Hence, Ruth, right? Ruth tells Naomi that I, I'm going to go, you know, um, to, the, to the farm, to the outskirts and glean and be able to, you know, bring home food, equal opportunity, um, but not equal results. I mean, she's not going to go there and own the farm. I mean, you know, later on with Boaz, that's a a different story, but, but what's the biblical response to what's happening in the world today with these kind of different dichotomies, so to speak?
2: Uh, goodness. It's a great question. Um, the, the equal opportunity and equal resorts is, is more kind of a socialist approach. It is to that. It's not so much about critical race theory or social injustice or anything like that. It's more about uh, the appropriate or the appropriation of things equitably, ah. and uh, and that's uh, that's an ideology that is uh, well, it's very difficult. I mean, socialism in the past hasn't really worked. You know, I <laughs> have yeah. embraced that sort of a thing. Uh, I, I think the the Bible really speaks clearly about equal opportunity. Paul said, uh, you know, that because the Jews had uh, the the, the, uh, the law that required great point, uh, great know, point, the, the gleaning of the great harvest, point. Uh, the, great point, you know, that they had the opportunity to be able to go into fields, as, as Pastor has already mentioned. And if they didn't do that, they simply didn't eat. You know, Paul said that really clearly in Thessalonians. If you don't work, you don't eat. That's, great. that's so right. You have the opportunity. If you don't take the opportunity, then uh, you don't get to eat. Now, uh, the opposite of that, of course, is the equal, equal results, which is I want to eat and not work. I want the same results of somebody who did work and got to eat, but I want to do it and not work. And uh, that's unbiblical.
1: Yeah, and I think I, but really, if you think about, and it, let, let's just look at this world today, right? I mean...
2: But we're kind of being introduced right now for the first time into equal, well, maybe not the first time, but we're introduced again to uh, equal rights. Because right now, we have in our culture, contemporarily, we have people who are not going back to work because they're getting paid more not to work.
1: It's crazy, right? I mean, you see, I've never seen you pay. uh, Some of them are paying you bonuses to come to work.
2: Yeah, they're they're trying to get you to just apply. Yeah, it's crazy. uh, That just came out and offered $50 for somebody just to make an application. And that's because the people who are formally employed, again, are making more money by taking governmental money than they are with working. So they want, that's the equal rights. No, great point. without having to work. Yeah. You know, and uh, so biblically, that is... uh, that's wrong,
1: and you know something. I, you know, I was looking at, and you know, w- w- you know, when me and Doctor Ross get on the radio, we're gonna we're gonna go all over that. We're trying to cover this in twenty minutes, but I will tell you what, and and this is a serious thing. Inflation looks like it's right. I mean, it's happening. Yeah. I mean, I, you think about some of these prices for stuff. I mean, um, yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely on the on the rise. No doubt about it. I think it's. on just certain items, six point something on on others like lumber and, you know. Yeah. In fact, I have a, my brother is um, again,
1: and this is cultural. I mean, my brother's trying to move down here to Casa Grande and, and the, and and he is building a home and the, the, it's astronomical, the wood and stuff like that, you know.
2: yeah. Um, Yeah. The price of building has gone crazy.
1: So here's what I, here's what I want from you, Dr. Ross in our, uh, well, we got a little time, but uh, probably uh, maybe 10 minutes, eight minutes, but what is a, let, let me say it this way. How do we deal with this? How do we deal with this biblically? Give us, give us a worldview, give us a mindset, give us how to navigate through this. Um, that's a tough question, but you know, you know, you're a principal in a, in a Christian school, um, a Christian. I mean, obviously, we want to pray for these people, obviously. But but give us a give us just a Christian response to this. so to speak. Well,
2: I think first we identify that uh, we're a part of a different kingdom. We live in this world, but we're not, you know, of the world. We are in it, but we're Amen. not of it. And as a result of that, we live under a different economy, under a different set of morals, obviously, and ethics and values. And uh, and those are all kingdom of God oriented, and they're because they are kingdom of God oriented. They're they're actually supported by God. Yeah, yeah. You know? praise the Lord. I mean, Jesus paid his taxes. But, uh, you know, a stater was put in the mouth of a fish in order for him to pay him. Uh, he fed 5,000 people with just a few loaves and fishes. That's, that means God is involved in all of this. And I think this kind of a paradigm shift that's happening in our culture allows for an even greater distinction between, between the world and between the church. And we have an opportunity, uh, if we'll avail ourselves of it, to be able to reveal to the world what it is like to live in the kingdom of God, where they're thinking in terms of racial groups, we're thinking of uh, the unity of the body of Christ where we don't see Oh that's race. a great
1: point. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. Race.
2: We see brothers and sisters in the Lord that are all a part of the same commonwealth. Uh, we're new creatures in Christ. We're not we're not distinct or distinguished by our physical
1: We have unity in diversity, right? I mean, we we are unified with in other words we don't look at things. We look at somebody as a Christian, not as an Italian or yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that's an interesting way to put it. But we, you know, if we look at just the outside or even even life experience, we we have some commonality and we have some differences exactly. In but in Christ, we are one exactly. We are exactly. one, and we are brothers and sisters. That's the family of God. That's the part that I'm. I'm a, my tribe. Is the body of Christ? Amen. That's my tribe. I I have a roots of being Scottish. I have less Scottish roots. My wife is first generation Amer- American.
1: Doctor the Ross, Islander. there's only two people in this world: Italians and people who wish they were, we're Italians. Italians. Is that what? No. It?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I figure we're a joke. You know, and there's there's things attached to all that, but yeah, know, I'm not a, I'm not ashamed of my heritage and all that. Right, but, but I have identified as a new creature. In exactly, Christians. I am a Amen. part of the body of Christ, and with that. I live in the context of the just state that Jesus Christ, through his blood, has brought me into. No matter what man does, I stand before God just. And, uh, And that's the justice I live in, and that's what the church should be living in. The rest of it is peripheral. It really is it's perfect
1: that's a great point I, uh, I think uh, some of the some scholars say we live in the already and the not yet right you know I mean and, and waiting for the consummation of this kingdom because this kingdom is going to have no end yeah and and I think the encouragement that that I, I I want you to give Dr. Ross is that we belong to a kingdom really that has no end yeah. and even though this stuff is going on in the world today, can I say it like this Dr. Ross it's not going to have the last say.
2: Oh, no, absolutely. And,
1: and I yeah. think because we need to. I, what I like to do on Street Talk Theology, especially when when you're here, is I want to encourage people. I really do. This stuff is out there. It's real. Um, we see it on the news. We see it in the papers. We see it trying to infiltrate our, our churches. We see it trying to infiltrate our, our Christian schools. But at the end of the day. We belong to a kingdom that has no end. Right. So
2: so encourage the audience in in closing on on that, please. Absolutely. Uh, As you listen to the national dialogue regarding these sorts of things, uh, please see it in the context of the word of God. Amen. The kingdom of God and the church as, as she ought to be. And be a part of modeling and living and experiencing something very different, very distinct, in such a way that the world would find it appealing, and long to be a part of that. And uh, you. Know reveal to them what your life in Christ is, is like.
1: You know, as, as you were saying that, we really down to about three minutes, but I was thinking about that. Just think about this, and maybe you can just think about all the stuff that we discussed, and it was a lot. I mean, but people know this is just a kind of a harbinger of things to come. There's, there's so much more down the road that you're going to see with this. But just think about if this is the best heaven we got. Which is not. I'm saying. Imagine if this is all we had is what this world has to offer, we'd be in pretty sad shape. Yeah. I mean, and and that's uh, you know, I want to encourage all listeners that you know we belong to a kingdom, right? That has no end. Yeah. And um and so I want to put a a punch in, so to speak, for Lagos Christian Academy because that's the worldview that you're going to give your people, to be in Christ. And and so if you had to give a Lagos worldview in closing this section out, give it to me.
2: A, a Lagos? As far as Lagos Christian? Yeah, of academy, course. Of course. Um, our, our worldview is really, really simple. Um, our students see each other as brothers and sisters. In Amen. The Lord. I mean, that is, that's, and they have a biblical worldview. They see their world through the eyes of Christ. Praise the Lord through the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God, and uh, as a result of that, they don't see each other with regards to race. I don't think they ignore the race or anything like that. No, I think it's evidential that there are different races, and we have an incredible diversity in our school in regards to that. But I, but I'm I'm convinced that as they look at each other, they're seeing each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord, and. Uh, and doing their best to love their neighbor as themselves, to love their their God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that's uh, that's how they view each other. And I think I think that's a great worldview. You know, I think it's how we all ought to be looking. You it. know, you know, children tend to to go that way first. You know, they they do. They tend to not think in terms of the exterior. They tend to think of character and personality. And they love. They want to love just for the person, not because of of their race or... Jesus told the children to come to him, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I think even John's exhortation for us to be the children of God is, uh, is, uh, could have an inclination in that way, uh, to be like children, be innocent. You know, be innocent with each other, and and the social, you know, the uh, racial, uh, you know, justice movement and uh, CRT and all of that is is unfortunately going the opposite direction.
1: It is, and you know something. And as as I close, I'm going to close. But you you can't see Doctor Ross, but he loves what he does. He loves what he does. Um, and and so man, if 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 you want to. Put your children in a Christian school, Lagos Christian Academy here in Casa Grande. Praise the Lord for that. Um, with that being said, uh, Dr. Ross, I'm going to put you on the spot. You're coming back, right? Just an invitation. Yeah, you kidding. This is Dominic Grimaldi here, Pastor Dominic here on Street Talk Theology. We take theology and bring it to the streets. Ne- until the next time, in Jesus'
0: name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at eight nine one West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.